Welcome, everyone. Thanks for coming today. Welcome to One Seat. Let's stand and worship together.
And our uh, Bible reading for today is from Matthew 18. And in some Bibles, it has a title that would say, how do you deal with sin within the church? And we know it exists because we're here, right? The reading starts at verse 15. If your brother or sister sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And he refuses to listen even to the church. Let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Amen. Uh, you may be seated. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We just ask that you would allow it to sink deep into our hearts. The Father, the wisdom that comes from you would help us today. Lord, we just ask that you bless everything that's done, sung and said and spoken. Father, that this part, this uh, whole service would glorify you. We ask this in our precious, your precious name, Lord. Amen.
morning to all of you. Just get a little sound. Good morning. I'm not sure. I'm going to use my outside voice, so if you can't hear me, uh, I'm sorry. There we go. Uh, we are so blessed to be able to gather in the house of the Lord to hear his word, to sing his praises, to be reminded that he has got our back no matter what. Um, I know we have guests here today. So glad you're with us. Uh, one of them you actually got to see up there, um, Pastor Jake. We're going to, you know, it's uh, Lonnie Jacobson, but he goes by Pastor Jake. Uh, he's here from the Nebraska District Office. He's going to share God's word with us and encourage us in our walk with him, with him, right? And uh, if you are a guest here, you're probably wondering some of the things that take place. Example, we're going to have prayer time. And if you would like to include a prayer in the service, you can actually text it and just see if it pops up on the screen there. There it goes, uh, 402-242-5051, and that'll be included in our service today. So a prayer of thanksgiving, a prayer of concern, and uh, that'll be added, you know, in included. And we're also going to have communion in a short time. It is God's gift of grace to people like you and me. Now here at 1C, we believe with our whole heart this is bread and wine, but body and blood of Jesus for a very specific gift, to forgive our sins, to strengthen our faith, and to remind us once again, he's got our back and he loves us. So if that is your belief, we invite you, we encourage you to celebrate with us. Uh, let's see what else. Just one announcement. This Wednesday, we're going to gather together at 630. It is our exploration night. It's the last night of the year we're going to gather for that. And we're going to celebrate, celebrate servants. You know, as I said, uh, I think it was last week, we used to use the word volunteer. And it is, there are volunteers. But uh, somebody went to a conference, came back and said, you know, at another church, they don't use the word volunteer. They use the word servant. And I think that's very biblical. So if you are a servant and have served in whatever way, come. If you want to be a servant and get plugged in, come, and we're going to have some food and fellowship and conversation. So 6.30 this Wednesday. We'd love to have you. And maybe the temperature will be 25 degrees. I don't know. We just never know, right? It could be 85 degrees. We'll just take what we get. Again, may God bless our time together. Let's worship the Lord who loves us with an everlasting love. Never felt so torn before. Seems I don't know where to start. But it's now that I feel your grace fall like rain. From every fingertip, washing away my pain. I still believe in your faithfulness I 
Is that the Jeremy Camp song? Um, if I know the storyline behind why that was written, he went through some really tough stuff. Um, lost a wife and the pain and the hurt and all the stuff that goes with it. And uh, when, I, when you know the storyline and then you hear the lyrics, it kind of hits you a little harder than, than if you didn't know it. He went through some tough times. And God gave him the faith to be able to say, I still believe. I hope that's your storyline too. The pain and hurt you have is now going to be addressed right here up here at this meal, this precious meal. We're going to prepare our hearts uh, for this, the receiving of this meal. And as we do, we, we profess and confess what we believe about our sinfulness, about our need for a Savior, about what is in this meal, 
And then also, how are we going to live our lives to the glory of God? So if you would join with me and let's do this together. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in and through his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And I just want to put before you uh, the most important truth of all that we shared up there. Because of Jesus, and only because of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. All of them. I know, it, it, to me, it blows my mind the kind of mercy and grace he has. But live in that and experience that as you come forward soon for this meal. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue now with the distribution, just a reminder, things are a little bit different. We have, we're going to have like four stations, right? We'll have a station here. We're going to have two here and one there. If you're on the outside, please exit that way towards the wall and come around. If you are in the middle, just come right down two different lines and we will serve you. Now, may this be a very sacred moment for you and me as God comes to us and he meets us right where we're at. He loves us with his love. Amen. Every minute 
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Lord, we praise you for who you are. 
Our God who fulfills his purposes, our God who saves, our God whose steadfast love and faithfulness have no end. Thank you that we can bring anything and everything to the foot of the cross and make all our requests known to you. Prayers for Phoenix, a nine-year-old boy who had brain surgery this past week. Give him strength and healing. Prayers for my parents as they continue to navigate my dad's health issues. Please offer them strength, guidance, and peace as they try to remain patient and waiting for their next steps. Lord, I ask that you watch over the Alley family as they lost their son this past weekend. I know you'll take care of him. I also thank you for blessing me with becoming a mother and watch over all the strong people at SOS. Thank you, Lord. Prayers for a happy and healthy 95th birthday for our mom, Margaret. Prayers for those who struggle with mental illness. Please guide them to get help. Happy 16th birthday to Chayton and prayers for safe driving. Happy 70th birthday to Gino and prayers for many more healthy, happy years. Prayers for healing for Nate who has pneumonia. God, you are working things out for our good. You are not far away. You are right here with us. We need to cling to this hope, believe this hope, live out this hope, even if our prayers aren't answered in the way and the timing that we want. And even when the process feels messy, we will trust that you are good, Lord. We don't know exactly what tomorrow will look like, but we can know who we'll be looking to, our God whose love is unfailing and whose hand is the safest place to entrust our hope. God, you have been faithful before, and we can trust that you will be faithful again. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Well... Hi, everybody. I'm, it's me. It's George. Hey, kids, why don't you come down and have a seat on the floor? Hi. You're so good mood, yeah. Come have a seat, kids. I'm I happy to see you because, um, well, I've missed you so much, and I really, kids, I need you to help me. I, I think I need some help. I have to tell somebody what I've been going through because, be, because... I am, I am not okay. <laughs> whoa, 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 George, 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 calm down, calm down. Hey, calm down, calm down. Oh, oh, Chris, oh, Chris, oh, Chris. Are you okay? Oh, well, no, but I'm, I'm better now that you're here, Chris. 
oh, I'm just going through a lot and, well, I just don't understand. Where has God been in all of my hard things, Chris? Oh, that is so tough, George. That is so tough. What's, so what's going on? Okay, well, you see, I really, really, Mr. Chris, really, really wanted to make the banana relay race at school, Mr. Chris. I practiced so hard, I have been dreaming of being big banana captain, Mr. Chris, and running like this, like that. I've been practicing and I prayed, Mr. Chris, that God would make me be in the banana race. Okay. And I thought I could do it, but Mr. Chris, I did not make the team. And now I'm thinking, well, where was God when I prayed that he would help me make the team? And I asked God to help me, but then I didn't make it. I don't understand that, Mr. Chris. And then, then this, this morning, I went to tap on my pet spider's jar. Hello, wiggly way, Mr. Spider. And Mr. Chris, my pet spider was dead. He looked like this. Just like that. And then, why? I don't understand why God will let all this happen, Mr. Chris. I'm a good monkey. So George, George, that, it, it is sad. It is sad. I'll agree yeah, with you. It is but this sad. reminds me of a story. Wait. Were you captain of the banana relay race at your school, Mr. Chris? Oh, wait, I, no. I you have a pet spider. No, something happened to your dogs. No, no, no. my God, no, you George. don't love us. <laughs> George, nothing happened to my dogs. Believe me, I would know if they did. Okay. But this reminds me of a story because it reminds me of the road to Emmaus. I don't know it's what a, that is. It's a story in, in the book of Luke. It's about when, right after when Jesus died and there were a couple of uh, people walking down this road and they were sad because they knew Jesus had passed away. That's sad. Yeah, and he had been crucified, and they don't, you know, they were just walking along, and they were talking about it, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden, Jesus came and appeared before them, but they didn't know it was him. He was talking and going on and on and telling scripture verses and telling him who he was, Whoa. and then they stopped, and they broke bread together, and when they broke bread, their eyes were opened, and it was him. Whoa, I really like that story, Mr. Mr. Chris. I like, I, I wish I could walk with Jesus like that, and, but how does, Mr. Chris, how does that help me and my dead spider? So, so George, and, and everybody out here can, can attest to this. Okay. Sometimes things happen in life, and we don't understand why. And sometimes we question, you know, why has God put this in our way, or why has God not done something about it, or yeah. why is he doing nothing? And uh, while we we're talking about that, we have the whole picture of the Bible. We know what Jesus did for us. You know, he came and died for us to take away our sin. So we know that he's there with us. He's promised that. Yeah. And you know, Mr. Chris, my mom, she says that um, even hard things can bring blessings too. So That's true. Maybe, maybe my blessing is coming. I just have to, maybe like when Jesus walked with those guys, but they didn't know it, you know? Maybe maybe he's with me and I just, I can't see him, but it's coming, you know. I'm going to see it soon. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, and listen to the song that Eric just sang for us about, I still believe. We have to believe that he's there with us. Yeah. <sighs> well, you, Mr. Chris. Are, are you feeling better? I feel a lot better. Okay. I feel like, like maybe I can, the kids can pray with us and we can go forward maybe 
trying to believe that, you know, yeah. Mr. Chris? Let's do that. Kids, thanks for being here. Let's pray. Everybody bow your heads, Thanks, close man. your eyeballs. Okay. You're lucky you have two of them. And let's, let's pray, you guys. Dear God, help us to know that you are always working in our lives, even when things are very hard. And thanks for loving us, even when we don't see it. And thanks for bananas. Thanks for spiders and whatever Chris likes. Oh, oh, uh, dogs, dogs and Coca-Cola. Yeah, there you go. Okay. There you go. All right. Amen. All right, George. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks, kids. I appreciate your, your kindness to this crazy spider monkey. I love you guys. All right, Mr. All right. Chris, I think I'm going to go try and maybe bury my spider if you want to help me. Okay, I, I can do that. Okay, kids, you can go back to your seats. Bye, everybody. Okay, I wasn't warned that I had to follow George, the one-eyed spider monkey. So uh, I am uh, Lonnie Jacobson, Pastor Jake, as uh, Jim said before. Uh, and it's an honor for me to be here with you. It's uh, on behalf of the 235 ministries of the Nebraska District, greet you on behalf of those brothers and sisters in Christ that are part of this, this family, uh, your family. The, uh, the reading that I shared earlier uh, does have an attachment, a connection to the story that George talked about and Chris talked about. So the road to Emmaus, there's this uh, opportunity for people traveling along and they, they didn't recognize Jesus, but he was right there among them. The story that I read or the text that I read was Matthew 18. And if you remember from the end of it, it talked about hard things, just as they did. And it talked about hard things like sin that exist right here within the church, right here within our own words and actions. Um, but it said at the end that Jesus is right here among us. Sometimes we just can't see him. Maybe we can't hear him. I, um, I want to tell you a couple of little stories that I think might apply to you and to me uh, even here today. So... A uh, little story about a 16-year-old uh, uh, young lady who was a part of the Lutheran church. Um, I'll get back to her in a bit. So she, she was one of, of seven kids in this family. Uh, this family, I'll describe to you. So this family, uh, seven kids. Uh, mom was married twice, four of the kids from her first marriage, three of the kids from her second marriage. And, and now she's in the middle of, a well, the second marriage, and it's abusive and uh, there's violence, and there's addiction, and the family is, is sp spiraling, right? Uh, they were part of the Lutheran church. In fact, the older kids had all gone through confirmation, and, and they had the pictures to show in their little white gowns and all that good stuff, and, and, uh, and they attended church pretty regularly. Those older kids went to youth group and did all the stuff, right, that folks do in the, in the Lutheran church. The... Um, but the family was going through uh, a terrible time, hidden from view from most of the folks that they worshipped with. Um, not hidden from view from the pastor, not so much anyway. The, um, the older boy would find himself in a lot of trouble. He was hanging out with a, a gang of sorts and uh, using drugs, was uh, getting into some pretty violent uh, fights and behavior 
Uh, he ended up spending a couple years in the state penitentiary for armed robbery. Good Lutheran family, right? Lutheran kids. Um, this uh, young lady, the 16-year-old girl, in the midst of all this turmoil and all this trauma and all this terrible stuff that's happening, uh, her stepdad was, had left. The house was in foreclosure. There was no vehicle for this family. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of food and a whole lot of help. And so she trusted in and relied and, and, and clung to her boyfriend. And they, they were having sex, and uh, she became pregnant. And this was, again, a trauma upon trauma. She went and told her mom, and, and again, in the midst of all this that's happening, and, and they went, and they went to talk to the pastor. The pastor had a plan for them. His plan was that they should, um, they could still come to church, but, but they should come late and leave early as to not hear the whispers that are being spoken about them, maybe to not notice the, the fingers that are pointed and the gossip that's being shared. So they should, they should come late and leave early, and, and that way it would protect them from the, the words and the, and the accusations of others around them. But they should also not participate in any of the youth events any longer because obvious, it would become obvious of her sin and behavior and struggle. And so the pastor didn't want the other kids in the youth group and the, the rest of the congregation to, to be distracted. And so for their protection and for their protection, they should just kind of separate themselves from the community. And they did for a little while. Right? They would attend and come late and leave early and, and not go to this other stuff. And, but you know how that would work, right? Separated from the community, they began to uh, just wither away and, and disappear. They uh, ultimately would stop going to worship altogether. And, and they would even kind of fall away from this understanding of who Jesus was for them. And, and, and I can stand up here and we could all kind of point our fingers and we can make accusations about this, this toxic pastor who would exclude someone, a family, in their great time of need, who would exclude a young lady who was bewildered and struggling and, and wondering what this meant for her future and her life. And we could point to him and say, what a, what a terrible thing to do, what a terrible way to lead, could, I suppose. Or we could point our finger at this toxic congregation, right, this congregation that would uh, whisper and gossip and talk and, and allow someone to just be kind of plucked away from their community and who would all the while even compound their own sin of, of gossip and betrayal. We could, right? We could point the finger in all different directions. I want to share what I believe is the, the worst thing that happened in the whole situation. Uh, this young lady was left in her sin. And what I mean by that is that no one came to her to say, yes, this is not the way God designed you, your sexuality, your relationship, right? This is not the way God intended it. And give her an opportunity to say, yes, it's true. It's not the way God intended it. Uh, she had the guilt. She had the shame. She, she just didn't have an opportunity to voice it. And that they could actually share with her that she would be, her identity was secure, and that as she turned to God in repentance, she was forgiven. 
She was forgiven and had this identity as a, as a daughter of the king, right? One who was redeemed by Jesus Christ. But that never happened. That's why I say she was left in her sin. That she would try to figure out a way to, to justify herself, to, to get through the future, to, to regain some sort of identity that she was loved and forgiven by God. Maybe you agree. That is the most tragic, right? Because we, uh, uh, pastors are subject to sin too and mistakes, right? Churches, congregations filled with people, we all are subject to sin as well. But we can't leave someone in their sin. Let me, um, let me just share with you a, kind of a brief part of this reading. I shared the reading a few moments ago um, at the beginning of the service. And the reading would, would provide a, even a very focused step-by-step process of how we, brothers and sisters, would not leave one another in sin. Right? God is uh, relentless at pursuing forgiveness. And even here, he gives us these four steps that would say, we also then as his bride, his church, we as God's people, brothers and sisters, we would be relentless in our pursuit of forgiveness. We wouldn't give up. Here it says very specifically, step number one. So if somebody sins against you, that's what the text says, if somebody sins against you, you go to that person one-on-one and you share with them the hurt, the pain, the struggle, the sin that exists between you and your relationship. Now, now we often struggle with one, step one, right? We'd rather talk with somebody else about that someone else's sin against you in order to build some sort of team or, or build some sort of security or certainty, uh, maybe comfort ourselves in our insecurity. But God says, no, be relentless in your pursuit of forgiveness and go to the person one-on-one. Right? And it says if they hear you, if they respond, if they repent, then you offer the forgiveness of Jesus. You have won your brother or your sister over, it says. How beautiful. Praise be to God person is not left in their sin. Instead, they know the forgiveness of Jesus, and they've heard it from your very own lips, or you've heard it from someone else's lips. But what if they don't repent? What if they don't turn from that? Well, God is relentless in his pursuit of forgiveness, and gives us step two. Take one or two witnesses with you, that the matter may be settled. Right? Maybe it's uh, your sensitivity. Maybe it's your insecurity. You heard them wrong. Something was done that didn't allow a clear message or action to be taken. So you have one or two witnesses that come along, and, and the group sits down together. And you know what? If the person then says, yes, this is true, I repent, would you forgive me? Praise be to God. They would know the forgiveness of Jesus. The relationship would be restored. What if they don't? God's got a plan for that too. Because God is relentless in his pursuit of forgiveness. And so it, it highlights step three. And it simply says that you take it to the church. Now in our understanding, in our, in our understanding in our Lutheran church, this is kind of complex. It maybe is a little bit difficult because we stand up and, and share it publicly, their sin, their struggle. Well, maybe if it was, if it was brought out publicly, Maybe it's a group of uh, elders, maybe it's uh, the pastor, maybe it's some leaders, maybe it's the staff, maybe it's others, but it represents the church, the church hears. 
the difficulty and the sin. And the church and the spokesperson that God puts in place would be relentless in their pursuit of forgiveness and would hear that out and provide a correction so that repentance might take place so that the forgiveness of Jesus would be celebrated and enjoyed as the church. Praise be to God. We would celebrate forgiveness together as his people, his church, his bride. But what if that doesn't work? What if the person still isn't repentant? They don't turn, they don't hear, they don't listen. Well, God's got a plan for that too. The last, the fourth step that's highlighted is often misinterpreted. It says this, if the person still does not listen, you treat them as you would a a, a Gentile, it says, or a tax collector. You would treat them as one that, that doesn't trust in Jesus. Now, does that mean that we would exclude them, kick them out, send them away? No, no, not at all. In fact, how do we read in the New Testament how a Gentile or a tax collector was even treated and pursued by Jesus? There was a relentless pursuit of forgiveness by Jesus for those that didn't believe in him. So there would be a relentless pursuit. The words would just be spoken in a different way because the person has fallen away from a trust in Jesus Christ. See, this is very practical, right? It's very practical for us. It's very practical for you and for me because we are the church. And does sin exist within the church? Yes, because we're here. And because we're here, sin has to be dealt with. And we can't leave someone in their sin, which sadly, this is often what happens in many times and in many places and in many relationships. We just go somewhere else. Or you just don't talk to that person anymore. Or you walk away from the relationship in some way. Let me, uh, let me invite you to a couple of practical examples of how this might apply even for you as you're sitting here today. So my understanding, and I don't know all the details, I don't know all the history, but I understanding that you had a, a meeting even last week about this beautiful, wonderful thing of calling another pastor, part-time pastor, to come and be a part of this community, to be able to care and and provide the message of Jesus Christ, uh, but that it didn't go well. And those of you that attended that, maybe you would be able to describe how it didn't go well. I can. Uh, But it didn't go well for some. And maybe you're here today and you're thinking, yes, it didn't go well. I was there and I have confusion or questions or maybe an opportunity to, to, to voice those, uh, we'll gather after the late service today, a uh, little time of bite to eat and, and then some more conversation about it. So if you're interested in that, you can certainly participate. Um, an opportunity to relentlessly pursue forgiveness as a body of believers. That's how it might be applying to you even today. It might be applying to you because you would, um, well, maybe you're married or you have a relationship with a significant other, and you're hearing these things, and you'd say, well, I would rather just keep the peace. And yes, they've done something, or they haven't done something in our relationship, and I feel like they have sinned against me, but I would rather not say anything because I don't want to cause any trouble, and I don't want to hurt the relationship. But you're hearing today that that you would relentlessly pursue forgiveness and you wouldn't leave someone you dearly love in their sin. And so you'd be invited instead to step into that relationship carefully and, and gently and with great humility and respect and to point out what has come between you. 
that you wouldn't dare leave someone you love in their sin. Instead, you would relentlessly pursue forgiveness that the relationship wouldn't just stay idle, but it would be restored. Or maybe you're thinking of a relationship with your child or your parent, and you know that there's something that has come between you, or there's things that you're ignoring in their life or or in your own, And, and there is this division or this divide or this conflict that's taking place, and you'd rather try to keep the relationship alive and strong, and so you'd just rather not speak of it but it fills your heart and it pains your heart. And you hear from this text today that that we as body of believers, we as believers in Jesus Christ would would never leave someone that we love in their sin, especially our parent or our our child. And so you would hear this this opportunity to carefully and, and gently and with great humility approach the conversation so that you might point out how they have sinned against you, how they have hurt you. So that you could celebrate the forgiveness of Jesus Christ yet again. The examples go on. I'll say one more. One of them is that you have a relationship maybe with a friend or that used to be a friend. They said something or did something and you had found it easier to just cut that relationship off. Maybe it's even somebody who is sitting in the sanctuary today. And yet you don't speak to them anymore. You would rather ignore them. You would rather just even grieve the loss of that relationship because that's what they said or that's what they did or or that's what they didn't do or that's what they didn't say. And your heart grows harder. No doubt their heart grows harder too. And yet God highlights right here in this text that we would never leave someone we love in their sin. And so you take that step carefully, gently, with great humility to relentlessly pursue forgiveness, that that relationship would be restored, and that together you would celebrate the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. We know this. We know it deep in our hearts. No doubt we have trouble doing it. But the reason we know this deep in our hearts is because we have lived it. We've been on the receiving end of it, right? Because even as we stood and we spoke and we, we offered, we invited a confession of our sins and we received these words of absolution, we know that it's true. We know that we failed. We know that we've sinned. We know that we've sinned against God and we would speak about it often. We also know that we've sinned against others, maybe even the person sitting right beside us or behind us or in front of us, but that Jesus Christ would never leave you in your sin. That Jesus Christ relentlessly pursued forgiveness, your forgiveness. And he did that by uh, taking on flesh and walking this earth. He did this by being taunted and whispered about and gossiped about and pointed at for the way that he lived, for the company that he kept, He would relentlessly pursue your forgiveness by even making his way to be whipped and beaten and punched and spit upon. But he was relentless, relentless in pursuing your forgiveness, even all the way to the cross where he would be crucified. He would be crucified for your sins. 
God the Father would turn away from him, but he would never give up, relentlessly pursuing your forgiveness. And then, of course, he rose from the grave. Help me with this refrain, he is risen. He is risen indeed. In fact, this is what we celebrate at Easter, right? And not just Easter, but we celebrate this every day. Even today, we celebrate that he overcame the grave because he was relentless in the pursuit of your forgiveness and mine. We've been on the receiving end of that, brothers and sisters. And in this text and all through the scripture, he invites you to continue to be on the giving and receiving end of just that. That you don't just go to church, right? That you are his church. You are brothers and sisters in Christ that are invited to relentlessly pursue forgiveness that no one would be left in their sin, especially those that you so dearly love. Amen. Let me conclude with one additional story. So that single mama of seven kids was my mama. She's resting in the arms of Jesus uh, as of about a year ago. And I can assure you and tell you uh, that she also then eventually came back to her beloved Christian church and, in fact, uh, her beloved Lutheran church. And she had a, a life, especially in her last 10, 20 years, where she relentlessly pursued and rested in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And she loved her pastor. Uh, she also loved her son that became a pastor, a Lutheran pastor of all things. Who would have thought? Uh, my older sister, who was that single mom, uh, we actually worshipped, my, my wife Penny and I, we worshipped with her and the family last Sunday. Uh, not in a Lutheran church. I can't ask too much, right? At a, uh, at a Christian church where her granddaughter was baptized into the Christian faith. A lot of years, 50 years of a family that uh, hated the church. Uh, and they hated the church because they couldn't find Jesus in the church. But they were relentlessly pursuing Jesus, looking where to find him. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus would be found among us, right? Jesus would be found among us because we would not let anyone remain in their sin. No matter what their family looks like or their background looks like or no matter what struggle they might have had or struggle they continue to have, no matter what kind of sin or consequences that they may have even brought on themselves, we would never leave them in their sin. And brothers and sisters, what a joy it is to be a part of your family as together we relentlessly pursue and rest in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. I'll say it again for the last time. Amen. Please join us in standing for our last song.
Your love is devoted Like a ring of solid gold Like a vow that is tested Like a covenant of old And your love is enduring Through the winter rain And beyond the horizon With mercy for today Faithful you have been Faithful you will be You pledge yourself to me And it's why I sing Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be Ever be on? 